It's just good to be here and to be able to look at the scriptures with you and open God's word. Uh, the scriptures have been a real help to us in, in all of our ministry. And as Liz has shared a passage that has just been a reminder of God's grace and all the ways he's provided and ministry opportunities she's had. And this passage that I want to look at this morning with you <clears throat> is one that's helped me in a lot of decisions. What do I do at this point? Uh, do I become a team leader knowing that it'll mean less time given to my own ministry ideas and more time supporting others in theirs? Uh, do, I, do I want to be the one up front and, and ministering or am I willing to invest in Kenyans and or British people and be more behind the scenes and supporting national people? You know, what are the priorities in my ministry? And this passage has been helpful to me in that. Let me read the passage to you. I think you have it in your service sheets. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, starting with verse 7 and going down through verse 16. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And, and, uh, <clears throat> and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human uh, cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to your word, we don't want to hear my opinions. We don't want to just think about our own thoughts, but we want to hear what your word says to us. Therefore, we pray that your Holy Spirit would use my words and would use our ears, would open our hearts that we might be responsive to what you say to us. And that we might know that it is indeed the word of God and not just another, another bit of information, another opinion floating around in this world. That we might not just uh, choose from whatever seems most pleasing to us, but that we might hear what you have to say to us and respond as your servants. We pray in Christ's name, amen. When I first uh, took a pastorate in the US, um, it was in North Dakota, and we had, in the community, there was a, there was a lot of construction people coming through to build a new plant, and uh, some of the women from those uh, construction people came to visit our church. And I thought, this is not going to sit well if I go as the pastor and am visiting the women of the construction workers during the day while they're at work. 
The women in the church wanted to learn about evangelism, so I would go with a trusted woman in the church and make that the connection, the relationship. And so those women in the church not only brought the gospel into these women's lives and saw some of them come to faith and were discipling them, but they taught them how to cook and how to care for their household better and how to love their, wife, their husbands better. And, uh, and the husbands were, instead of being offended that I was visiting, they were, they were impressed at the church and the change that it was bringing in their wives' lives. This passage is an illustration of that, that my role there was not to be the one doing the ministry directly, but to equip the saints who were best best positioned by God to do that ministry. And to see those women have a a fruitful ministry in, in the lives of those other women and to see that church grow. In this passage, Paul begins by, he talks about the diversity of the gifts for the growth of the church in in unity. And he begins in verse seven by saying, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So it's Christ's gift, but it's given to each one of us, not just to a certain group of people. Uh, That same language of grace given to, to me, Paul uses to talk about his calling as an apostle. And it's used elsewhere. So even though he doesn't talk about spiritual gifts here in in using that language, that's what he's speaking of. Uh, For the body of Christ to be working together as he's talking about in the earlier part of the chapter means that Christ has shown his grace, poured out his grace in different ways for each one of us to equip us for the role that we can have in ministry. Then Paul's going to talk about how uh, Christ equips people Uh, to be equippers of all of us in ministry. And that's when he talks about apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors or shepherds and teachers. But Paul puts that in the context of this Psalm. When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. So here's the the picture from the Old Testament Psalm that God, uh, like a, a victorious conqueror, he he comes and he, uh, he overwhelms his enemies. And then to acknowledge his sovereignty and his position, uh, people give gifts to this conquering hero. Well, Paul says there's actually a different twist on this when you, when you look at Christ himself, because Christ is not receiving gifts, he's giving gifts. And Paul says when it talks about he ascended on high, Uh, that assumes that he descended first. And so he talks about what we didn't see in the Old Testament, and that is God coming and becoming a man, becoming a servant, and taking on our flesh, and uh, suffering in our place. Uh, God did that in Christ. And so since he has gone to greater lengths for the benefit of his church, he also goes to greater lengths than the psalm imagined, not just receiving gifts, but giving gifts to us. And so that's what Paul wants us to understand, that Christ, as, the, as, our, as our conquering king, has given gifts to the church. He's given apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers. Other places where the New Testament talks about spiritual gifts, it'll talk about skills or things that people do, a service or speaking in tongues or 
providing leadership or the various things that different people have done. Uh, Paul's gift of being able to heal people was, was something that uh, contributed significantly to his ministry. But here Paul is talking not about things that people do, he's talking about people and people in different roles. Uh, when we look at these, we think of apostles like those who were sent by Christ, uh, Peter and John and, and Paul himself who was sent by Christ. Uh, the prophets who speak out the word of God and, and tell us this is what God says. And evangelists who go and take the gospel uh, to, uh, to people around there and communicate the gospel. And we think of Philip and Stephen as examples of that. And then, but Paul concludes the list by talking about particular congregations. Uh, so your congregation doesn't have an apostle or a prophet, uh, but it has pastors and teachers. And uh, Paul says these, these, all of these gifts, and, and especially this one for congregations of shepherds or pastors and teachers are given uh, for the purpose of Christ. And Christ hasn't forgotten those people in verse seven who are, uh, who are given grace by him, but instead Paul wants us to understand that the purpose of the pastors and teachers and evangelists and others is to equip those gifted people for work of service where Christ has placed them. So he says in verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So when we talk about ministry, we're talking about ordinary people in the church. Um, we use the term ministers to talk about ordained people sometimes, but that word simply means servants. Uh, if, you, if you went to a, a restaurant in Paul's day, if Paul was sitting there and he wanted to order some food, he would say uh, deacon. Uh, he would say minister. That was the word that was used, the one who serves at the table. And so it's, minister is, is not an exalted title in the sense of being someone who is isolated from the people in the church uh, by his learning or his status, but instead someone who is connected and able to serve those people and able to help them to do their work. And in fact, when it talks about the fact that these, these people who are given by Christ are there to equip the saints for the work of ministry, uh, he's actually talking about the fact that in a way, all of us uh, taken on a lesser level the roles that are that are given. Uh, so apostles with a capital A is someone sent by Christ Jesus uh, to go out like Peter or like Paul. But that same word, if you go from Greek into Latin, is missionary. It's somebody who's sent. Um, Liz and I were sent not by uh, Jesus Christ directly, but through his church and through missions of the world. And we were sent to go to another place and to carry the gospel. And in the same way, you are to be equipped to be sent to, to some place that you can uniquely go. Like those women in North Dakota, you can go and talk to another woman and communicate the gospel to her in a way that your pastor could never do because you have a relationship and because there are connections that are natural to you. The same thing is true to everyone. Um, when they, this letter is written, you go to the beginning, it's addressed to the saints. And it's a letter that all the saints in the church in Ephesus are to read. And you get down to chapter 6 and verse 1, and it says, children. So the children may have been sleeping and thinking, well, this is a letter to the adults because they're the saints. 
But actually, when Paul talks about the saints, he says, children, this is how you're to be in your home. So this letter was written to children as well. Uh, children can be equipped. And there are times when children can have a witness that the rest of us would never have. Uh, so all of us are being equipped and prepared to be sent, uh, to be prophets who speak God's word, who quote scripture, who tell people what God says, uh, evangelists who talk to people about the gospel and, and how to come to faith in Christ, and shepherds and teachers uh, called to shepherd your children, uh, called to shepherd someone else who is a younger believer than you, called to teach and to communicate what the scriptures say. So all of us can be equipped and prepared for these works of service. When, uh, Paul, when uh, Calvin preached a sermon on this passage, he said that you know, we think of two different groups of people in the church. We think of those who are preaching and teaching, and we think of those who are listening. And in some ways, those two want to separate themselves. Uh, there's an inclination to think, I have all this education, or I have this special calling, so I'm different than the people in my congregation. Or for the congregation to say, well, I could... I have this problem in my life, but I could never talk to the pastor about it because he wouldn't understand and he's so special, uh, I would not bother him with the things I'm saying. Calvin says, no, those two groups need each other uh, because the whole purpose of pastors and teachers is to equip those people. And the whole purpose of that equipping is that the people in the, in the church are soaking in those things and they're, <clears throat> they're coming on Sunday morning saying, I had this conversation with someone uh, this week about the gospel and I didn't feel I communicated it uh, correctly or, or I'm discouraged in my ministry. What can I hear from the scriptures on this Sunday that's going to equip me to go back out and do that ministry in a better way? So Calvin encourages that kind of thing in us. The whole purpose of this, Paul says, is that the body becomes mature. When it says in the ESV, becomes a mature man, uh, that's not excluding the women or the children, but I think the mature manhood it's talking about is the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the goal for us is to become like Christ, to become as his body, a, a mature part of his body, so that, the, that uh, there's not a disproportion, that, that Christ is, is mature and he, he, he is everything that we ought to be, but we're kind of a... Sh a sh shrunken body here that is not able to function, hardly able to carry our head around, but instead that we get our direction and our nourishment from him and we are helping each other to grow so that we are able to minister in a more effective way. This passage has been helpful, as I've mentioned, in, in, in a lot of ministry decisions that we've had to make. Uh, when we first went to rural Kenya, we had a health center and a local politician, for some reason, got it shut down. He thought it wielded a lot of power on his part. It was actually the end of his political career. But um, anyhow, we, we had to figure out how to get our clinic started up again and, and what the Ministry of Health wanted and meet those criteria and get it reopened. But the thing that we, we really learned from that was uh, we're here at the invitation of this government. And this is not our home. And uh, we can be shut down at any time. Uh, so we might, be, we might be preaching in a church uh, one Sunday and the next Sunday we can't go back. 
Uh, we might be doing a particular kind of ministry and it's gonna come to an end unexpectedly. Therefore, we said, we can't think, okay, five years from now, we're gonna begin to train Kenyans to work in the health center. Or five years from now, I'm gonna start to train a, a, another pastor. Instead, we realized we have to be thinking that every minute. We have to be doing that all the time. And uh, so I was, uh, before my uh, language was good enough to preach in, in the local language, Kikamba, I was working with a young man and, and uh, he was translating for me. And so then I said, let's meet together and talk about what I'm gonna say so you can translate better. And we'll talk about how I came to those things and how I studied the passage and how you prepare a sermon. And we just worked in that direction until he was doing some of the preaching. And then he was doing more of the preaching. And he went to Bible school and he ended up becoming uh, the head of the denomination. So it was just this matter of always investing in someone else, always equipping saints for the work of ministry so that we were, we were dispensable. And, and if we had to go, uh, we could go and we wouldn't leave everything in a shambles. Um, the same thing was, uh, we saw happen when we moved to England. Uh, it's a whole different cultural context, a very different situation in many ways. And yet uh, in the church in England that we were in, we realized that there were so many things that people in the church could do in ministry and they saw those things because God had positioned them to see them. So young moms, this is Mother's Day, young moms in the church said, uh, we have each other to, to, to get information on parenting, to encourage each other, to pray with each other, uh, to, to, uh, to do the job of, of mothering. Uh, but these other women we meet in the, in the park or on the street or in the shops, uh, they don't have that. Their, their mother lives a long ways away, maybe in a different country. Let's invite them to come to our church and we'll have a, a moms and tots group. And they can come and they can have that fellowship and they can learn from us. And we'll go have coffee and we'll get to know these women. We'll talk to them about Christ. The last place we lived in, in London, uh, we met the couple next door and they had a little girl and they said, oh, you're from that friendly church. We're not church people, but my wife and our daughter, they go to that little stars, that moms and tots group. And those are the most wonderful, friendly women that we know in London. The, the door to the gospel was open because those women saw an opportunity for ministry. Paul goes on to talk about uh, the result of all of this. Uh, let me start with verse uh, 13. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may be no longer children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are, a, we are to grow up in every way uh, into him who is the head into, into Christ. Here's the picture that Paul paints. Uh, we take the youngest children in the church, we put them in a rowboat and we send them out into the Chesapeake Bay. Uh, the storm comes up and here they are tossed back and forth and who's in charge? It's a fourth grader who's in charge. Uh, and uh, so he says, I'll take the tiller. And the third grader says, no, I want the tiller. You always get the tiller. 
and then two kids get assigned to the oars and one is going one direction and one the other direction and then one of them just says forget it and throws the oar uh, off into the water. Uh, that's the picture that Paul wants us to see. We're children uh, tossed to and fro in, the, in, in a boat uh, without direction, without clarity, without knowing what to do. Now I'm not trying to insult the children here, but the uh, reality is kids, a lot of time we adults are like that. And uh, we don't like to think of that, but the fact is uh, we, we suffer from disunity. Uh, a lot of times in, in ministry, we're, we're looking for, you know, how am I going to look? What are people going to think of me if I do this ministry? There's a, there's sometimes the multiplication of ministries in a church happens because this person and this person can't get along with each other. And so they divide that ministry into two parts or they go into something else. And that's what happens. We're all acting, Paul says, like little children. Uh, if we were little children, it would be excusable, but since we're grown-ups, it's not really excusable. We do all of these things. Paul says part of the problem is that is, is not just our immaturity, but we are carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. We live in a world where there's a lot of confusion about things around us. And people have very strong opinions about things that they frankly don't know that much about. Um, and those, those opinions divide people. Uh, people tell me who I'm supposed to hate and assume that I hate them because of who I am or my situation in life. And even though I may care about this other person and actually love them, there's, there's a, a wall put up between us because we're supposed to hate each other. And in situations where we need to speak the truth, we're too busy trying to figure out what do people want to hear rather than what do people need to hear. And so all of this is going on, but it's not just in the world around us. It's in among us as believers as well. <clears throat> and, you know, we know churches where one of the elders in the church said, well, if you're going to decide to wear masks, I'm leaving and going to another church. And here's a man who should have been a mature leader in the church, uh, but he's, you know, he feels this is an issue to divide over. Uh, other kinds of issues in the church are, are difficult issues to talk through and to work through. And, uh, and too many times we're, we're trying to figure out what can we say that the world is not going to reject rather than to say, well, what does the scripture tell us? Because that's what we need to say. Paul says, speaking the truth in love. Uh, we will grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. Those two things have to go together. Uh, many times there's division because I think I'm speaking the truth, uh, but I'm doing it in a harsh, uh, an, an abrasive way, not in, in love, and therefore you're not willing to receive it, not just because of whether it's true or not, but because of the you take offense at the way I do it. Um, other times... Uh, we say, well, let's do everything in love, and so we kind of paper over all the differences. And so we don't have that ability to speak the truth in love to each other. And the world around us desperately needs to hear the truth spoken in love. And it, uh, as, as Jesus said, the unity that you have as, as my body is going to be a testimony to the world that they can't refute. Uh, it's, the, it's the unity of the body that makes a big a difference to others and it draws people together. Um, when they see that, they think, 
wait a minute, this is not supposed to be happening. When they see that we're actually having a great time and a real unity together with people who are so different than we are. Uh, it says to them, all the things I've been told are not, are, are not really true. But these people have a hold of something that is true. Paul says the whole point is not you and I. Uh, each of us has a role that we can, that we can have. We are a joint, we're a, a piece of this body of Christ and each one of us needs to understand what is the role that I can have. But the focus, he says, is on Christ as the head. Uh, some years ago, I was doing maintenance on my motorcycle and lopped off the end of my thumb. And I, I miss the end of my thumb and it bothers me. And there are things that I can't do as well as I used to do, but I'm still alive. I'm, I'm here talking, my mouth still works, my brain still works. Um, but if I lop off my head, that's the end. All of us need to realize we, we have an important role to play and, a, and an important contribution, but it's not about us, it's about Christ. Let me finish with an example from rural Kenya. Uh, a lot of women in the churches in, in Kenya felt there's nothing I can do. Uh, I, you know, I could sweep the church before we meet or if we have a meal I can cook, but there's no ministry I can do, only the pastor can do ministry. And we realized that there were so many health needs there that uh, we couldn't just wait until people got sick and came to our health center, but we really needed to train people out there in all the villages. And so we asked the pastors, who are the people who could train other people in health issues? And they said, well, we have these women in our church who are mature and they're godly and they're respected in the community and, and they would love to do this. And so uh, some of our uh, team members trained them in community health things. <clears throat> and so here for Mother's Day is, is two mothers. This uh, pagan mother comes and uh, she goes by her neighbor's home who is a believer. She says, I'm taking my child, my little child to the clinic because uh, she has diarrhea and I'm afraid she's going to die. And, uh, and this mother who's been trained in community health says, well, let me see your child. Well, your, your child needs fluids, just like a plant needs fluids. And don't believe the things you've been told traditionally that they have this diarrhea because they've got too much fluid in their body. They, they need more, they're losing it. So let me care for your child. Let's pray for your child. Uh, let's feed them this food and give them this uh, drink. And uh, then why don't you stay overnight since your child seems to be improving. The next morning, the child is much better and they realize she doesn't need to, to walk 10 miles to the health center after all. And she says, you know, I, I never thought that, that Jesus was true, but you prayed, you prayed to Jesus for my child and my child is better. That woman had a ministry that her pastor could never have had uh, because she had been equipped and because she knew how to speak the gospel. Uh, she was sent to that woman. She was an evangelist for that woman. And those two mothers uh, were able to, to see Christ uh, exalted in their lives. Let me pray. Father in heaven, I thank you that you have called us, each one of us, that you have equipped us in different ways, that you've given us different background and skills, different uh, uh, contexts in which we can minister and enabled us to do these things. Help us, O oh Lord, to, to grow up into a mature body into our head, the Lord Jesus Christ, and lift up his name in all that we do. In Christ's name we pray.